Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Does that take me back? Rocky Four, the training montage. Welcome, everybody. Bob Stoffer, Brendan Escott with you. A lot of that movie, by the way, was filmed in Canada. This is Oilers Now. It is brought to you by World of Spas. Aching after a long day, World of Spas offers tubs design with your relief in mind. Rest, recover, and relax with World of Spas. Alberta's number one swim spa dealer. Visit worldofspas.com. Brendan Escott is with us today. we got a jam-packed show, lots to get to. Brendan, there's sun out there. It's the first day of the summer. How good is that, man? Let's get going here. Absolutely. Can't ask for much more. I've had, I think, uh, three of my last four soccer games canceled due to the bad weather, thunderstorm, or rain in this week. So uh, let's get summer going, man. Right, we gotta, we'll get to all the hockey talk. In a, so who who do you pattern your game after in uh, uh, soccer? <laughs> I'm a goalkeeper. So Are you really? Yeah, yeah, you betcha. So for me, I mean, Manuel Neuer is somebody that I've watched basically for my entire adult uh, you know, time of being. But I'm a Manchester United fan, so I've taken all the good and the bad that David De Gea has brought over the last decade. So Lev Yashin going too far back, kind of like that yeah, song? Yeah, a little bit. I would, I say I started with Edwin van der Sar. That was my guy. <laughs> Alright, yeah. there you have it. Uh, what about Schmeichel? He was pretty good back in the day, wasn't he? He was He was with Manchester, but right when I was born-ish, so I was pretty young. Who is, actually, I think this guy's in, uh, still involved with Bayern Munich today. Somebody can text us on the Ashley Fine Floors text line at 780-496- 0063, the Ashley Fine Floors text line. Get the new floors you always wanted, 143rd Street, 111th Avenue, or head to ashleyfinefloors.com. Of course, they got the sweeper keeper now for the Germans, right? That's uh, Neuer. But who is the guy that uh, when they beat Italy back in 1990? Uh, they had That's too far back for Oliver Kahn, right? Oh, I think you might be right. I think it, I think it was Oliver Kahn. Somebody can text us on the Ashley Fine. I mean, I could go all the way back to Gerd Mueller. Uh, for West Germany in the 1974 World Cup only because they beat the Dutch that year and Johan Cruyff was generally regarded as the best player in the world. Man, oh man, even when you think about uh, the 78 World Cup, which was in Argentina at that time, they were under a military regime. Um, and that was really the precursor to <laughs> what inevitably happened. What was the name of uh, the Netflix special on the sort of growth of, was it FIFA Uncovered? Just the amount of dirty deals done dirt cheap that uh, went on over the course of about a 25-year run under Sepp Blatter, just wild. So anyways, I think it was Oliver Kahn, by the way, back in 1990. 1990 may have been the year 
that West Germany and Holland had a nasty. Uh, the Dutch, the Dutch had won, I think, the eighty-eight uh, Euro and had a lot of star players and. and three of the star players uh the event would have taken place in italy and at that time the italian league was probably the best paying league in the world and i, I know that holland and germany got into it. what does this have to do with hockey well you know what a lot of the european players love uh european football we have lots of conversations about it on the road obviously leon dreisaitl uh, the best german-born hockey player of all time what are we going to go with eric kunakl i don't think so um leon dreisaitl uh you know, keeps an eye on things. His clone squad, where he's from, not exactly a powerhouse. Bayern Munich, they pretty much win it every year, don't they? Alfonso Davies, you see Canada, they, you said it the other day, they don't look too good against the United States. They looked a little, you know what, they've kind of looked a little bit off over the last seven or eight months or so, frankly. They, have, they haven't had that same juice that they had uh, when they ended up qualifying out of CONCACAF. So it's uh, interesting stuff. Anyhow. Lots to get to on today's show. Uh, Sportsnet spec Mark Spector coming up. Mark doesn't talk a lot about soccer. We're going to talk about the Edmonton Oilers. He wrote a piece yesterday. Uh, we're going to hit on that. We're also going to briefly talk about the Edmonton Elks. And uh, uh, I'll tease you. We'll talk about the worst call I ever recall seeing. And here's a hint. It's not in hockey, and it totally benefited the city of Edmonton. Uh, for Wild Factor Desserts at 105 Today, the former general manager of the Tampa Bay Lightning. He started Octagon's player agency. That is the one that Leon Dreisettle is still with. Uh, Brian Lawton coming up at 105. And from the cult of hockey, David Staples. We will tell you that you can reach us on the River Creek Resort Casino Hotline, 780-496-0063. The Outdoor Night Market and Entertainment Showcase returns to the River Creek. That's in August the 24th through the 27th. It's presented by Enoch Cree Nation. Get tickets in advance at therivercreeresort.com slash night market. Again, you can text us on the Ashley Fine Floors text line, 780 Get the new floors you always wanted, 143rd Street, 111th Avenue, or head to ashleyfinefloors.com for more information. We're on Twitter at Oilers Now. You can tweet me personally, Bob underscore Stoffer, and Brendan at two E's Escott with two T's at Brendan Escott. All right, so, um, you know, it's interesting. It's the calm before the storm, really. Uh, next week, uh, it's the NHL Awards. The Oilers are up for, I think, three of them. Uh, Frank Cervalli mentioning on yesterday's show that uh, the Western Conference Dick Dillman Award winner for Best Media PR Team uh, will be the Oilers. Uh, so a special shout-out to Jamie Cartmull and uh, Sean May and Tim Chipton and the gang over there. Congratulations. Uh, that's something that's voted on by... Uh, the uh, the writers in the Professional Hockey Writers Association. So that's uh, good news there. Of course, Connor McDavid up for multiple awards, including for the Hart Trophy, which surely he's going to win, and the Lindsay, which surely he's going to win. We'll see on Stuart Skinner for Rookie of the Year. Uh, what's the award that uh, Darnell Nurse is going for as well? Is that the Masterton? I don't think it's the Mass. It's no. it's yeah. It's we'll we'll like we'll have to look it up. Uh, anyways, uh, today's top story for legacy heating and cooling. Whether it's heating or cooling, you need get it with no payments and no interest for a year. That's how you build a legacy. Legacy heating and cooling, and. Um, well, 
it, these are interesting times, and it's going to be very, for me, intriguing to see how the Oilers can improve because they're going to need to improve their roster and their lineup. And we'll be talking a bit about that on today's edition of Oilers Now as well. As actually, uh, did you look up Nurse? King Clancy. King That's Clancy. There, I, I don't know why I always forget the King Clancy. Let's go to the Oilers Now audio volume presented by Direct Workwear. Excited to announce that they're opening a women's only workwear store. It's located four doors north of their current Direct Workwear location on Gateway Boulevard. Find out more information at uh, womensworkwear.ca. Just before we go to these clips, uh, Brendan, we got a lot of positive feedback yesterday from Brad Holland's appearance on Oilers Now. I think he um, does a really good job communicating, and uh, certainly based on what we saw in the Ashley Pine Floors text line after uh, Brad's uh, appearance on the show yesterday, that's the case. Brad Holland had this to say on filling out the Oilers lineup in a salary cap world. Things drastically change as you move up and down the salary structure. You expect more out of a player. You expect more out of that roster position. Like It's not just AAV. You know, I, I talk to our coach quite a bit, especially around now, and you know there are minutes available on our team, premium minutes. Who's going to be taking those minutes? What cost do we have to replace someone maybe that's moving on or someone that's you know earned himself a bigger contract so absolutely it's, it's all contextual it, it is it is what does that person bring for the roster space that we've given him you know under the rubric of the of the aav and the salary cap that he's commanded so it's, it's difficult and it's i think more fun because of it because you're given the constraints of a salary cap and term and contracts and now it's up to you to go and manage and try and get the most out of it that's brad holland assistant general manager of the Edmonton Oilers. Uh, he heads up the pro scouting meetings and he had this to say on their importance. Some real quality in getting together, looking people in the face, getting together as a group. Um, and even when we go to dinner, we talk about it. That's that's all we talk about for three or four days. So some really good ideas will come out of it. But it's really about, like I said, emptying the notebook, bringing everyone together, and passing that information along to Ken because in the end, he's making the decision. And uh, Holland also, this is Brad Holland, added some insight on planning for future moves. Some of it gets into silly talk, and you say, well, what, what would we do if? And what would we do if this? And what would we do if that? And one of the things that we did, you know, last year was what if a really good defenseman becomes available? What what are we willing to, 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 to pay to acquire something that valuable? And then Alcone becomes available. So those, you know, quote-unquote silly conversations can bear fruit. There you go. That's Brad Holland of the Oilers organization. It is currently 1216 in Edmonton. Uh, Frank Saravelli reporting and giving some insight uh, earlier in the week on Kyler Yamamoto. Here he comments, Frank Saravelli for the Horses and Horse Racing Alberta. Reminder, live thoroughbred racing Fridays and Saturdays out at Century Mile. Visit uh, the horses. For more information, here's Frank Saravelli on Kyler Yamamoto and Warren Fogle. Yeah, I've released a new trade targets board today on dailyfaceoff.com. We've got 40 names that are in play. Yamamoto is not the only oiler. Warren Fogle is there as well as Cody Cece. And no one's going to be surprised by any of those names being in the mix, not if they listen to Oilers now. And, you know, what I mentioned with regards to Yamamoto was I believe the Oilers have gotten enough calls and expressions of interest from around the league that – 
you know, if at one point you were considering that, um, you know, one of those guys, meaning Fogel or Yamamoto, could potentially be a buyout candidate or would they have to attach an asset to trade those guys? The answer, I'm told, is no, that they've gotten enough interest to know that they have a place to send those guys, which is a pretty comfortable position to be in. You know, I don't think they're by any means dying to move them but the truth of the matter is the oilers are trying to improve and the only way you can really improve at this juncture with the salary cap is to also trade a couple pieces away and get some flexibility and so they've presented two you know sort of interesting paths for the oilers to go down if they want to that is Frank Saravalli for the Horses and Horse Racing, Alberta Bob Stoffer, Brendan Escott with you. It's interesting, Brendan. Or you know what? There, a strong argument can be made, and certainly some economists would suggest that throughout the world we're seeing the elimination of the middle class. And guess what? In a cap system, we might be seeing the elimination of the middle class. And you take a look at the price points. Uh, Warren Fogel's got a year left at two point seven five million. Kyrie Yamamoto in the second year of a deal at three point one, but a one third buyout because he's, you know, twenty six or under. Um, to me, in order for Edmonton to be cap compliant, it's fait accompli that one of those two guys is going to be gone. I know that there was a story today about Blake Wheeler and the the Jets think they might be able to trade Wheeler. Okay, maybe they can. Um, I think they'd have to eat at least half of that $8.2 million cap hit. Um, I just, when, when we, if the cap's only going up a million to 83.5, and I think ultimately it will go up a little bit higher than that. I think it may end up going to 84.5. That's my own person. I just get the sneaking suspicion might be an opportunity to throw something back the player's way on behalf of the league with Gary Bettman. You know, you got a new... PA, uh, the head of the NHL, PA is a guy with heavy U.S. political connections, might be some currency there as well. I, I could foresee a scenario where the cap actually ends up at 84.5, but either way, one of Yamamoto or Fogel is going to be gone, and Frank hits on something, the Oilers have to grind continuously to improve the team. Uh, you know, you can look at the... De- so, you look at the goaltending right now, Stuart Skinner, who is up for the Calder Trophy, and we'll get to a clip momentarily on that front. Uh, Stuart Skinner and Jack Campbell are going to be the goaltending tandem. Can you have the same seven defense that basically played in the playoffs? So that would be, for the sake of argument, Eckholm and Bouchard, Nurse and CeCe, Kulak and DeHarnay, along with uh, Philip Roberg. I think I want to improve on that. So how do you improve on that? Some people have met, mentioned Brett Pesce. Uh, from the Carolina Hurricanes. Well, fine, you'd have Pesci, uh, Pesci here for a year. He's a New York guy. My guess is he's ultimately going to sign in in the East. That's just a guess of mine. I, I mean, don't get me wrong. He would, he would upgrade the Oilers' defense immediately. You would have to assume that any deal involving uh, going out and getting Pesci would involve a first-rounder and a CC. So I wonder whether or not you don't look to upgrade DeHarnay. Is it is it set in stone? What do you think, Brendan? Is it set in stone that DeHarnay is in the third pairing next year? He's a $762,000 cap hit. If you had a more experienced, better option there that you could get at a million and a half or less, who is a right shot, who provides you a little bit of toughness, 
would you sign that guy and then turn around and put uh, Deharney in the seven hole and have Broberg percolating 23 minutes a game in the minors? What do you think? Yeah, I think that to me that makes the most sense. I think Deharney's ceiling, uh, we we saw it, you know, maybe with the the puck movement that dwindled over the course of his time when he got pressured more. I think we saw more of just how inexperienced he was, which is okay because of what else he brings, but not in your sixth defense role. And then for Broberg, to me, he is arguably the team's best trade chip that isn't just a number one overall or first round pick. I think he'll be somebody that other teams might still be willing to take a run at. So give him as much exposure, 25 minutes a night as you can down in the minors and let somebody else decide if that's what they want to align with their timeline. Because to me, Broberg and the Oilers timelines, they've been shifted to something different now as a result of the pandemic. I'll be frank with you. I'm a little surprised he hasn't had greater traction uh, in his career. I'll, I'll be the first to admit to that. I would have thought, you know, when I saw him at the Holinka Gretzky, I remember Todd McClellan was still with the Oilers at that point. We were like, wow, this guy, like, this guy looks like he's pretty good, but he's never really grabbed it. Like, even when he came back with Sweden during the bubble year of the World Juniors, of course, he played through, he had three different injuries, but he didn't kill it in that tournament. And, um, there was a moment that concerned me last year during the regular season. We were in Columbus. He gave away the puck on a 4 nothing goal. Campbell had a horrendous performance. Okay, he was bad. And But I just remember after Broberg turned the puck over on the goal, he, he put his hand in his head or his, his, his head in his hands and screamed on the ice. And I'm just like, man, like you got to deal with failure better than that, buddy. Like if you're going to... So there's something there with the player. At this point, if you're a fan listening to the show and you're saying, shut up, Stauffer, the guy hasn't been good enough and, you know, you guys missed, well, it's his job to prove otherwise. But right now, it's it's a tricky one for the orders because, and I just wonder, if you can't make a substantive trade, do you go out and find, like, I'll, I'll throw a name out there, Shen, Luke Shen. Now, I think Luke Shen's going to have three or four or five teams in on him, okay? He only played 800,000 last year. The guy played three of the final four games for the Leafs against Florida. He played 19 or more minutes. I think we'd all agree, Luke Shen, you can see that he'd be an upgrade on on DeHarnay at this time? 100%. Okay. So, now he's 33. Maybe you have to give him a two-year deal. You're going to kind of have to start in the ones, but maybe, like, is that... I'm just wondering if that's the route you go instead of just handing uh, Dehernay the third pairing right sh- right side uh, lock uh, with Kulak because I think we all like Kulak. I don't want to see Kulak get traded. I like Kulak. Like he wanted to play here. He signed a four year extension of two point seven five million dollars, and he played good in the playoffs. And he can take away time and space on the ice. But I do think they have to improve the defense. So you explore all options. You know, Spec mentioned Sealer in a trade. I like Sealer as a number seven. Shen, for me, can almost play as a four-five. That's what's intriguing about Shen. Again, there are going to be multiple teams in on him as well. Twelve twenty-four at Edmonton. We mentioned Stuart Skinner up for the Calder. Frank Saravalli is a prominent voice. He is the president of the Professional Hockey Writers Association, the PHWA. He had this to say on Skinner's case for the Calder. The impact that he had, um, you know, if you if you go back to late December, early January, and the Oilers were kind of scuffling along, it sounds funny to say now, but 
I'm not entirely certain the Oilers make the playoffs if not for the contribution that they got from Stuart Skinner, picking them up at a time when Jack Campbell had really dropped the ball. So um, for me and for that reason, as special as a year that Matty Beneers had in the NHL, I think we kind of got past the point where um, when you consider you know, some of the next level all world rookies that had entered the NHL. Beneers had a great year by any normal standards, but didn't sort of differentiate himself enough for me. I know Stuart Skinner had gotten some looks before in the NHL. Yeah. And for whatever reason, voters discount that idea that it was like, okay, well, this is the third year that he's seen NHL action. He shouldn't be up for it. My point is if you're eligible for the award, then you're eligible, and that's all that matters. And so for me, Stuart Skinner, um, I'm not afraid to say publicly, I won't reveal my whole ballot, but he went in the number one spot for me for the Calder. All right, there you go. That's Frank Cervalli for the Horses and Horse Race in Alberta, 1225 in Edmonton. Uh, the Chiseler out of Las Vegas, Texas show. Congratulations to Brendan Escott serving the tender soccer union well. Bob, you'd be remiss with not mentioning Game 7 of the Calder Cup tonight in beautiful Palm Springs, California. Your brief stomping ground circa 1987. Oh, those were the days. Back in the day. All right, let's get to NHL today. For our friends at Elite Promotional Marketing, your local branded merchandise specialist, head to ElitePromoMarketing.com. Well, now I'm picturing the two of you in a convertible somewhere in the well, deep desert there, Mr. Mr. Blaring. Yeah. <laughs> Something like that? O- only one chin, dancing with Catherine Oxenberg at a place <laughs> called Pompeii's. 1987. Sounds spectacular. It was pretty spectacular. The uh, the salary cap, apparently, this is from this morning's report, set to rise only $1 million, and this report is coming from Chris Johnson. So I don't know. It said something about uh, they do want to negotiate more. There's a memorandum of understanding between the Players Association and the league, but as it stands today, I guess it is just $1 million for now. The Hockey Hall of Fame class will be uh, introduced in about 33 minutes' time or so we are expecting King Henrik Lundqvist to be named in his first year of eligibility, but some other names to consider. Alex McGilney, who's still eligible. Uh, Jeremy Roenick, Keith Kachuk, Rod Brendamore is another one. Buffalo Sabres also reportedly working on an extension for both Rasmus Dahlin and Owen Power. That would shore up both number one overall picks for the future. 12:27 in Edmonton. Off to a global news weather traffic update with Randy Kilburn. When we come back, our headliner today for Wilhawk Beef Jerky, Sportsnet's Mark Spector. You're listening to Winners Now. For most of us, crime is something we see on the news. We never think it could happen to us until it does. Loved ones are gone, and for the survivors, the scars will never heal. I'm Nancy Hickst, a senior crime reporter for Global News. And on this season of Crime Beat, I'll take you inside some of the most serious crime stories I've covered. Season six of Crime Beat is available now on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, and all podcast platforms.